A billion years ago, there was nothing but space. Then one of God's wet farts blew all the planets in place. There were no signs of life on Mars or Venus, but planet Earth was blessed with two baby geniuses. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, we know everything. Baby geniuses, tell us something we don't know. Hello, Hello babies. babies. Welcome to Baby Geniuses. I'm Emily. And I'm Lisa. And once again, it's time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh boy here we are uh we're still on strike oh yeah oh yeah boy are we Uh, ever (laughs) (laughs) how's your strike going emily um it's a that's a such a such a complicated question to answer (laughs) Mm, yes take your time Uh, i am getting more into a groove of like i'm figuring out what works what doesn't for me like Basically, the way the picket works is there are two shifts. There's like a 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. and a 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. I haven't been going for like a full shift. They're Sometimes long. I'll do like they're a... Really they're long. long. That's, that's a, a long, long time. That's a fucking long time to be walking. Especially when you have like, you know, slight airborne allergies to just Los Angeles. To so just everything <laughs> in the air. Yeah. Not to nitpick um, how the union is doing things. But yes, these shifts are quite long. Their shifts are long. Um... But I realized basically on the days that I do go pick it, like you feel great. You're like, I have the energy. You don't feel tired until you get home. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, I just walked like 10 to 15,000 steps. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything for the rest of the day because I can't. I, my, you, get t- you get physically tired, but then you also get like brain tired because you're like, you're talking for a lot of that time. Sometimes to people who you haven't seen in years, so there's catching up to do, or people you kind of know, and it takes a little bit of effort to like keep the conversation going. Yes, and yes, it's exhausting. So, it's, it's a <laughs> lot of socializing, and I think you would agree that like post pandemic, my social battery just doesn't hold a charge for as long. No, it's just like mine never it has. Is... <laughs> <laughs> Introvert problems. <laughs> I'm seeing more and more people who are just wearing headphones now. On yeah, the it's like, okay, and- I am done catching up with y'all. <laughs> Don't talk to me. <laughs> it's time to catch up with a podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's time to catch up with myself. Yeah. Uh, but so I decided to basically just only go in the afternoons now because mm-hmm. that way I can actually like do things in the morning. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because when I get home, I just, I, I can't do it. Um, but it's otherwise going well. I'm feeling optimistic. I really appreciate all the support that we've gotten from people like outside of the industry. Like listeners to the podcast have been very supportive, but also just like my family members who are like don't know anything about what's going on, but are like what I know I support, you know, and yeah. just my mom texted me yesterday and she was like, should I cancel my streaming services and which ones? And should I tell everyone else to cancel them? I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's so very sweet. sweet. I don't we're, want my we're... parents to worry about like canceling and then resubscribing and reinstalling anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing, too, is you're like, I'm going to have to talk you through that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Sounds like a lot of but work. Also, I mean, as of right now, the union is not asking anyone to no. cancel their subscription. Officially that... no. If you would like to, then go ahead. Uh 
I've definitely yeah. unsubscribed from certain streamers that I've just I think I think it's fine to unsubscribe from anything that makes you feel annoyed or mad. Um, yeah. Whether it's Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever, um, or your gym. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of these. Or this podcast. Uh, or this podcast. <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of these uh, companies sort of rely on inertia for you to just sort of stay, stay subscribed thoughtlessly and to just yeah. have that monthly bill come. Like they literally, Netflix literally said this to me in a slideshow once. They were just like, yeah, we rely on inertia. You know, people tend to not unsubscribe ever. So the the idea is to just get new subscribers because then it's very unlikely that people will ever stop their subscription. Wow. Whether they're watching the, you know, stuff or not. So think about that. <laughs> this business is so fucking broken man <laughs> i know um yeah i'm also like i'm a little annoyed that like hbo max now max like oh just my god quietly incorporate i mean first of all there's a lot with the whole fucking max rollout that's been frustrating but the fact that they kind of quietly incorporated the entire catalog of discovery plus without telling us really and so i've been paying for both for months yeah and I didn't need to. That makes me mad. I hate their brand shift. I think it's so dumb that they changed from HBO Max to introducing Max, the one to watch for HBO. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How is that better? And also, I think ditching the purple for this like basic kind of Facebook, Twitter blue is Cobalt, yeah. hateful. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it to me, it really feel it feel it felt like, you know, the purple was kind of like I know purple isn't like the bisexual color, but it was evocative of bisexual lighting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was interesting. I, it has lost that connotation. And now it's just like, no, we're just America now. Yeah, we briefly liked purple. I think Quibi was purple and Roku was purple. And yeah, and then no. they were just like, no, nah, no. Nah. Um. And also, the categories on Max are a little, like, I was scrolling through it the other day, and one of the categories was, meet your new obsession. <laughs> and one of the things in it was, Jared from Subway, like, <laughs> the catching of a monster. And so it was just like, meet your new obsession, Jared from Subway. And I was like, what are you trying to m make me think about? This is fucked up. <laughs> Why isn't anyone using their brain when doing any of this? <laughs> like when they when they just shunted everyone into creator yes. category? Oh, God. Yeah. I don't know if anyone saw this news story, but there was like a thing where when you look at um, the credits on a, you know, a piece of media, like a movie or a TV show on Max, it shows you who the, quote, creators are instead of listing like director so-and-so mm -hmm. writer so-and-so it just has them all lumped together in one category of creator so like useless eps are lumped in together with like martin scorsese <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing um, not all eps are useless but some of them are <laughs> yeah i mean it's like anytime you know it's like they're making the director of fast and furious on equal footing as a creator with vin diesel who's an ep on it which yeah. okay bad example he's contributing a lot <laughs> he's keeping the rock out of there uh... 
<laughs> I am seeing the new Fast and Furious tonight. I'm pretty excited. Oh about my it. gosh, that looks fun. I that's it, that's very weirdly a franchise that you'd think I would be really into, and I'm sort yeah. of not. You just I, haven't. No, like I watched. Have you watched any of them? Yes, my sister-in-law loves them, and so one time she put on like a marathon of them, and we kind of watched it while doing like a craft, and so I didn't pay much attention, and it just kind of flowed over me, like yeah, and I didn't really. You didn't really get into it. No. Well, I'll let you know if I think that this movie is going to be the one that gets you back into it. Okay, cool. Or into it for the first time, I suppose. I do kind of want to see it. And I also want to see the new, um, (laughs) on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, the new Nicole Hall of Center movie. (laughs) Oh, I really want to see that. I love her. It looks really funny. Um, I'm excited about that movie. Do we lead Jafis? So good. Yeah. Oh, I rode. Um, well, speaking of picket, before the oh, yeah. I rode Junie to the picket. <laughs> oh, my God. I saw those pictures. That was so exciting. And you know what? I first saw the pictures when other people posted. Yeah. And I was like, I recognize that horse. <laughs> some people tweeted it. Um, some strangers. Uh, yeah. I got tired of walking. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you got to keep things interesting throughout this long strike. So, um, yeah, I brought my friend uh, Michael and his horse, uh, Lois. He's in SAG, so solidarity. Um, and we rode. Yeah. And it's kind of scary at first because there were a lot of cars and they were honking real loud because people don't know not to honk when they're yeah, driving I was up say, How horse. did Junie do with the noises and everything? She was so good. I was scared. I was more scared than her. And I was kind of freaking out. And then Michael looked at me and he's like, she looks fine. You look really nervous. <laughs> I'm like, OK. <laughs> so OK, I, yeah. I calmed down. And then, yeah, she was totally fine. She totally understood the assignment, which I, I was like, OK, as soon as people are petting her, she'll be like, OK, I understand. I just stand here and get like admired, which is her favorite thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> just like lavished with attention. So they were really good. So she's really sag in solidarity. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. When you put a camera in front of this horse, my God, <laughs> she knows exactly what to do. <laughs> um, oh, it was so really funny. fun. I was kind of worried that people would be mad at us because I didn't ask for permission or anything before doing that. But no, people loved it. Um, do you think you're going to do it again? I think so, because now more of my horsey friends want to come. Yeah, you should talk to the WGA about doing like a horse day. Yes, I would love to. I, I had one friend asked and uh, one of the coordinators said no, because it's a liability. Oh. Uh, which I understand. It's a, it's kind of a big production. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, the Disney picket is kind of right on the rancho. So it's only it like is. a mile from where... You know, I keep her. Um, so yeah, we might we might get a posse together. Okay, I don't know. Let me know because I want to see her. Again. Yes, basically anything yeah. for attention. You know, it's good. Yeah. To get, it's good to get attention for these. This is the thing that I realize. Like, there are people making fun of like people posting about the strike. I know, <laughs> and those are people who don't understand what. The tactics of collective action are and yeah. what we know to be effective which I mean, is like yes you have to post about being at a protest honestly that helps yeah it's how people learn that the protest is happening if they aren't actually on site yeah um like and it's how we communicate what's important it is how it works like maybe yeah. maybe not all of the theme days are for you. Maybe you're not into the Taylor Swift theme day. That's fine, but it does get yeah. <laughs> it keeps people motivated, keeps them excited. Uh, yeah, I, there were, I think there were the two other different day. Taylor Swift theme days, <laughs> like concurrently. I don't know. 
<laughs> I was at a picket the other day and like there was a a bunch of people dressed up like Star Wars characters and I was like uh. <laughs> but then I was also like jealous of them because they didn't have to like talk to anyone if they didn't want to because no oh. one could tell who they were you know that was my thinking in like oh is there like a costume I could wear where I just like sort of cover my face so nobody knows who I am right. and I don't have to talk to anybody just wear like a Deadpool mask yeah um, that's <laughs> That's an option. I saw Chris Pine at the picket. Oh, my God. It was very exciting. He which, walked by us. Which and, picket? Um, Disney. Mm. And uh, Chris we Pine like, could have oh. met my horse. <laughs> I know. It was a different day, unfortunately. <sighs> but he is out there. He yeah. has been going out regularly, which I am very into. Keeping his and then status I was thinking about it, and Chris. I was like, <laughs> I agree, even though I think I've only seen one movie he's ever been in. <laughs> and it was like the first Star Trek movie that he was in. You're telling me you didn't see Don't Worry Darling? <laughs> I did not see Don't Worry Darling. I just saw it recently. Um, yeah. And I thought it was a blast. I had a great time watching it. Really? Yeah, it was super fun. It's like I and you know what? It's not the best movie, but it is thoroughly entertaining from start to finish. I was not bored for a second, which is more than I can say for a lot of movies. OK. Yeah, it's fun. That's good to know. Yeah, I liked it. And Chris, um, Chris Pine's very good in it. He's the best Chris. He's the best Chris. Yeah, and I feel like we do need to keep praising <laughs> praising him for being at the picket. <laughs> the bar is low. <laughs> the bar is low, people. <laughs> I did get out of town a little bit because the short film that I made was screening at a festival in San Francisco last week or week mm -hmm. before last. And so I went up to the Bay Area to see that and to also see my mom in a concert. Mm -hmm. um, so that was nice. And I also ended up going to the closing party for my preschool. Oh. <laughs> like my preschool is closing and they had like a little like celebration to commemorate it. And I saw my old preschool teacher. Oh, my God. It was pretty cute. It was weird walking in there and being like, this is so much smaller than I remember. Everything is <laughs> miniature. I don't even Everything, yeah. I don't even remember my preschool teacher. I don't think I did either, but like my mom saved all these pictures. I remember like, you know, I could recognize her from the pictures. Mm -hmm. um, so, I, but yeah, people were like, oh, do you remember this? And I'm like, no, no. I don't remember anything from my life baby. at all. <laughs> <laughs> It, we get a lot of like fan mail from people who are like i'm working my way through the archive and you were talking about this and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about no fucking <laughs> I, idea <laughs> i love when you guys send those emails because i'm like i have no i have zero memory of any any episode we've ever recorded <laughs> i yeah even like last week i'm like huh yeah <laughs> what do we what do we talk about <laughs> that's why i enjoy listening to the episodes because i'm like ha, like i've never even heard it before <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, we got an email from someone asking for a Tristan Dacuna update. Oh, yeah. And I got to say, what a great call. It's been a really long time since we've checked in mm -hmm. with Tristan Dacuna. Yeah, what's um, happening? Okay, so there is actually kind of a lot that's been happening. It's Should we, Do we need um, to briefly like ex recap what it is, what Tristan Dacuna is? Oh, yes. Okay, that's a good, that's a good idea. It's Tristan been a minute. Tristan Dacuna is the... Um, most remote inhabited island in the world. It is kind of like halfway between South Africa and Argentina. And the only way to get there is by a seven-day boat trip from... <laughs> That's uh, so long. 
from South Africa, and they do not allow um, anyone to, like, immigrate there. Um, it is an island that is populated by the descendants of um, various uh, shipwrecks and naval expeditions. So no, no one who lives there is, like, a historically indigenous person to the island. It was uninhabited up until a few hundred years ago. Um, but it is part of the UK Commonwealth and like their their overseas territories. Um, and the population is like under 200. Um, there's about seven last names on the entire island and I love it. Um, but they have a very, you know, uh, GeoCities-esque website. <laughs> it's great. Where they where they post updates about things that have happened on the island. One of the most exciting things is that the chief islander, who is essentially like, you know, the guy who's in charge, sort of, it's just like, they're such a small island that he's just sort of their representative. He attended uh, the coronation of King Charles III as a representative of Tristan de Cunha, which is, you know, um, yeah, and Represent. he was featured on television uh, in the page on their site. It said, James thought the coronation ceremony was exciting and very emotional, especially when the king was crowned and kissed by Prince William, accompanied by a trumpet fanfare. He spoke of meeting the king at a Buckingham Palace reception the previous evening and how King Charles was very passionate about the environment. This was confirmed in 2020 when the king congratulated Tristan on declaring the biggest Atlantic Ocean marine protection zone. Asked whether King Charles might visit Tristan da Cunha, James replied that it was more likely that Prince Edward might come as he would be he would then be the third Duke of Edinburgh to visit the island. This arose from a conversation with Prince Edward the previous day at the small island developing states coronation event held at Lancaster House. So that's one piece of news. The other piece of news is that um, Tristan was highlighted in a debate in the House of Commons on Mm -hmm. May 11th, 2023, because there is a special debate on the future of the UK overseas territories. Um, And they basically, in the UK, they started talking about how there should be another boat for Tristan de Cunha. Yes. They said... um, Other MPs specifically mentioned Tristan. Conservative James Sunderland, who began his speech by saying, our overseas territories need more love, added, Tristan de Cunha needs a boat, as we have heard, for obvious strategical and medical reasons. The opposition shadow OT's minister, Stephen Doty, commented, committed a future labor government to better recognition of the uniqueness of each overseas territory. So basically, this could genuinely be pretty big news if... They are successful in lobbying for another boat because it would increase their frequency of boat travel in and like on and off the island that would allow more visitors. But Mm -hmm. it would also allow better medical transportation for the inhabitants of the island because um, a lot of them end up having like in a medical emergency, it's incredibly difficult for them to get the care that they need. That's the worst thing about this (laughs) in my mind. Yes, I don't like being far from a hospital yeah, I I I do think if I went to visit, I would probably want to bring like a friend who was a doctor if I could. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, yeah. Like I but know then, friends who live like a three hour drive from the nearest hospital and that's too far. That's too far. Also. This is a seven day boat trip. 
The only other news that I found that I thought was interesting that is not on the website, and this might be out of date at this point, but it's from April 28th, 2023, is that one of the world's most remote islands has a unique job opening. So, Goth Island, located in the South Atlantic Ocean. Goth um, Island? (laughs) Goth Island, like Geo... Go Island, G-O-U-G-H, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so remote that the only way to reach it is a seven-day boat ride from South Africa. It's part of the UK territory of Tristan da Cunha. <gasps> and it's also home to millions of seabirds. And the after a year spent on the island as a field officer, Rebecca Goodwill is ready to fly the coop. So the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds is in search of her replacement. They're hiring a field officer to work in the remote sub-Antarctic environment for 13 months starting in September. So mm. if you are interested in spending a year in Tristan da Cunha, um, there are the salary range is 25,723 pounds to 27,614 pounds mm. um, and includes benefits like pension, life assurance, and 26 days of annual leave. According to the job posting, the successful applicant will have to monitor one of the world's most important seabird breeding sites, control an invasive plant, and carry out other field work to restore the Gough Island World Heritage Site. If you're thinking this is a fun remote work getaway, think again. The RSPB says the new field officer will experience the challenging terrain and climate on Gough with high winds and frequent heavy rain. Uh, they will also have to put up with no fresh food for a year. This is not for me. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but it also doesn't seem like it's unclear to me whether you will actually be on Tristan or if you'll just be on Gough Island. Like, will you go to Tristan at all? It's just part of the Tristan, you know, island chain. I don't know if you'll be able to even go to Tristan while you're there. I wonder how close it is to Tristan. Yeah. Um. Because Tristan is bigger, I imagine. Um, yeah, I think it is. And it's the only one. I don't think Gough Island is inhabited generally. Hmm. But anyway, those are some of the many updates that have been posted. Um, good update. Very good update. Um, thank you for reminding us. We will continue to check back in. I am, I am excited to be, um, to be, uh, checking back in on them again. Yeah. Always love to yeah. hear about it. Yeah. Um, is it time for Chunch Chat? Yeah. Let's do Chunch Chat. All right. It's time for Chunch Chat, our regular segment where we talk about any world, any, <laughs> any world in which, any world in, in which, which Martha a might have a pony. Yeah. <laughs> this is a multiverse sort of segment. <laughs> in this universe, Martha Stewart has a pony named Ben Chunch, and we're going to talk about it right now. When the clock strikes noon, we could have a picnic lunch, find wine full moon, and we're chatting about chunch and chunch. And she never posts about him or rides him. <laughs> so there's no new chunch news today. But some people wanted me to talk about this. She's on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Swimsuit edition. Swimsuit edition, and she's in a swimsuit and she's wearing this like kind of tangerine colored capey thing and there's lots of pictures of her posing luxuriously and glamorously and she looks great she just looks really good we're all very happy for her we're really happy for her congrats martha 
Um, and then she had some quote where she was like clarifying. She like made a joke. It was like to Chelsea Handler or something about how she uh, might steal other women's uh, husbands or something like she's on the prowl. Um, and then she clarified and said that she likes young men. <laughs> oh, I don't know. OK, <laughs> she's living her best life. All um, right. Good yeah. for her, I guess. Good for her. I don't know. I'm, I mean, she looks great. You know, it's nice to see an older woman on the cover. Um, yeah. You know, beauty at all ages. Uh, I was looking at her Instagram and and some like there's just she gets so many weird comments and someone commented. OK, look, I get it. But how much do you need you getting more and more and showing off is getting to be a little much. I know when you feel you're irrelevant, you do something to stir things up to get people to notice you. Guess what? This too shall pass. <laughs> and that's in reaction to her being in a swimsuit. Wow. In a magazine. <laughs> do you think that person is like jealous because they're like they wanted to be on the cover? I can't even imagine what's going through their mind. Why they do the things they do, why they comment what they comment. Who knows? It's really important to remember <laughs> that most Internet comments should not be taken as like. On the level of like people you're friends with and actually, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, th there are so many Internet comments that people are drunk when they make. You know what I mean? And I we treat them as if they were written by a sober person. Or they're just coming from such a bizarre perspective. Like, it's like they're from outer space. Like, I. <laughs> yeah. I got a comment on my picture of me and Junie at the picket that was I don't know why I got into it with this person. I shouldn't have even responded because they were just like riding horses is abuse like that kind of thing <sighs> and like and 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 they were like why do people i love keep abusing animals <laughs> like i'm like you love me and yet you don't understand like this relationship or like if you really loved me you would look into it a little bit more yeah just like have some curiosity i don't know it's such a strange thing to say like that to me That's... is as strange as saying that like walking dogs is abusive. Like it's like, okay, you <laughs> yeah. saw one person like misusing a prong collar and now you're like, and and they, and then they started like writing stuff about how like Junie's mother was like forcibly impregnated and she came from like a prison breeding pro. I'm like, what? You just wrote a story. You wrote a fictional story. And also it's like <laughs> you bought Junie when she was like 12. I know. Like how did you have any role in that at uh, all? I, you did not. No, I don't know anything about, <sighs> you know, and it's like, just exhausting. It's just it's I don't know. And then you just drill down and their argument makes less and less sense. And she was someone who, like, called herself a cat mom. <laughs> I'm like, OK, and she's like, but I don't I don't I don't exploit my cats for anything. So that's why it's OK. I'm like, OK. OK. All right. All right. Um. I got like an <laughs> annoying comment on one of my posts about the strike of someone just being like, well, you know, good, because Hollywood writers can't produce anything other than sequels now anyway. So maybe this will be good. And it's just like, obviously, this person is a stupid idiot. Yeah. But I'm like <laughs> the stupidest idiot, the stupidest idiot. And like, I'm like, you know, writers aren't the ones who decided we want more sequels. Right. We're like, pitching we're so much stuff and Writers nobody's pitch original stuff all the time. And nobody's buying it because they're and they're also... the ones that are idiots. The people that are the reason we're striking are the idiots. <laughs> you're you're yeah, on like, our everything side. Everything that you're railing against is stuff we agree with. Yeah. And like 
also, if we're replaced by AI, which is obviously not going to happen, but the only movies AI could potentially write would be sequels. Yeah. Like, that's (laughs) all you're going to (laughs) get if they win this. Anyway, I, I like and I. I like responded and then blocked him. So then the the comment doesn't appear, but maybe he'll get like a response, you know, but, yeah. uh, but anyway, very frustrating. People don't get it. I've um, definitely gotten some like pro AI people in my comments uh, and they're always like people when you, you go and look at their page and the kind of art they make and you're like, okay. 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 I want to say <laughs> one thing about, I want to say one thing about the AI thing. I was talking about this today with Peter is AI is not going to replace like AI can't write. Yeah. AI can't write a movie, it can't write a TV show. That's not how it works. AI cannot cr- writing is the expression of an idea. Something fundamentally AI cannot do. We are not worried about being replaced by AI or AI learning how to do our jobs better than or as well as we do it. What we are worried about is studios using AI to generate a shitty outline, mm-hmm. then hiring us to actually have an idea and turn that into a movie, but using that as a pretext to not pay us fairly for the work that we are doing. Yes, exactly. That is what we want regulated. We are not against using AI as a tool to aid in the work that writers do. And we are not actually threatened by AI as something that can do what we do. We are worried about corporations doing what corporations do and using technology as a bludgeon to keep artists from being compensated for their work. Well said. That is what we are worried about. I've played around. So please don't make this about <laughs> no. whether we're against technology. No, no, no. I've played around with these with this AI and I am not threatened by it creatively. <laughs> let me just say, I've tried to get ChatGPT to write me porn and Chat GPT is a shitty little scold who has <laughs> no imagination and no concept uh, of, yeah. of what is erotic. <laughs> uh, well, that's a comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Does that conclude Chunch Chat? <laughs> yeah. That concludes Chunch Chat. We'll be right back with one on fun. All right. All right. Um, well, okay. So when this is airing, I think succession will be over. So we're oh, not wow. we're not talking about it yet. I guess we'll talk about okay. it next time, you know. So in the next two weeks, catch up, you know. But uh yeah. I I'm so sad that it's ending, and um, I have a question for you. Uh, yes, I don't know if I've asked this before. Maybe uh, fuck Mary Kill, Shiv, Roman, Kendall. Oh my God, what <laughs> a great question! <laughs> Rob's really mad. Um, Why? I don't know because uh, I really don't want to marry any of them. Yeah, um, you have to. Yeah, probably. Uh. Fuck Shiv, Mary, Kendall, kill Roman. Wow. Yeah. What about you? I would marry Shiv. I know. I mean, it seems crazy, but in in my imagination, we're like a thruple with 
Tom. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah, just trying to get to Tom. Um, and yeah. then I would uh, fuck Roman, and because I think it would be like interesting. Um, he, and you know, he has impotence. It would be messed. Yeah, it's true. But whatever yeah. we did do would be messed up and weird. Yeah. And yeah. That's that's a good point. It'd be a curiosity, and then I'd uh, kill Kendall. Sorry. Kill Kendall. Yeah, <laughs> he's got to go. <laughs> Seems bad. Um. All right, Lisa. Uh, what's a question I can ask my dear Lisa? Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, if you were a character on Succession. Who would you be? Not an existing character, oh. a new character that had to be added to the Succession universe. Like, who would you want to play? I really relate to the, like, assistant kind of characters, like Jess. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Um, yeah. Who are, like, very visibly upset by everything that's happening and yet don't do anything to change it and can't do anything to change it. And so they just kind of go along with it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I find that really relatable. But also, um, I would also like to be a character like Marsha, who's just like, oh yeah, a powerful bitch who's like made her sweet ass nest. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I relate to so many of them, and also they're all monsters. That's true. What a delicious treat of a show that's like devastating with each new episode. <laughs> Yeah, I think I would like to play one of those like harried sort of event coordinators who has to like deal with their all of their last minute demands. Yeah, they're like, okay, you Just want us like, to build okay. a house in a day? Yeah, and you want that for tomorrow? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or like, uh, you know, planning K- Kendall's birthday party and shit like that. Oh god, um, those episodes one of the stress me out the so show- bad. One of the people on the show who has a clipboard, who walks around with a clipboard and has to act cheerful, I think it would be fun fun to play. Yeah, and you can't, like, say what's actually in your mind. The, the, editor, the editor who has to, like, put words in uh, Logan's mouth and, yeah. and weirdly does, like, actually does a good job. Yeah. Does the impossible. Oh, my God. Um, all right. Well, that concludes One on Fun. We will be right back with Wiki of the Week. Wait. First... I have an endorse horse. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Stop the presses. Here she comes. Baby geniuses endorse, letting nature take its course. Endorphins pump from the source when they hop up on that horse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Endorse horse. Endorsing services and items, no remorse. Two babies, one endorse horse. Riding off into the sunset, now here's something we endorse. I need to endorse some mustard. (laughs) (laughs) Finally. Finally. You've been waiting for a new... Play that sound effect that I've been saving for when Lisa endorses mustard. (laughs) Um, We need a new condiment on here. Um, This one is from Wilder Condiments. And it's the sweet and hot mustard. And okay. It's just how did this how did this mustard come into your life? I don't know. I don't know where this came from. I have it right here. I don't know where it just this appeared came from. in your house. Yes. I don't know if like Adam got it or like maybe it came in. Maybe some... it was in like a swag bag or something. Yeah, it might have been like a gift basket situation. I don't know. Yeah. No, it sounds fancy. We get so many gift baskets. I don't know. No, we've gotten a couple and I don't know where it came from. Um, but 
uh, I keep trying to find because we were running out and I panicked and I kept trying to find other mustard that would be as good in the grocery store and I couldn't. So now I just ordered more of this directly from Wilder. And I also ordered some other horseradish mustard. So I'm excited to try that. Um, but mm. this is so good. It's so good on sandwiches. I roasted chicken in it last night. It's oh, just, interesting. Yeah, I like mixed it up with like lemon juice and like, yeah, it was just, ah, oh, so good. That sounds really good. And it's not too spicy or too sweet. It's just right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mustard. Do you have any endorse horses? Well, I'm trying to think if I've endorsed this already, but, or if I've talked about it. I have an endorsement for the um, Otolenghi flavor recipe for um, portobello steaks. Ooh. It's a really good recipe for, um, the, it's like a vegan recipe for these like portobello steaks that, and I'm not like usually a portobello fan, honestly. Yeah, portobello is um, usually like the vegan option that's disappointing. Exactly. And it's like too and, wet. Yes. And so when I say that I actually endorse this, please take it seriously because I'm not like one of those people who thinks that portobello is usually that good. Yeah, you're not fucking um, around. But it's pretty easy to make. But what I really love about this recipe is you end up after the recipe, after you've eaten the meal with this oil, this spiced oil mm. that is so good because the way you cook the mushrooms is in a big pot for like you bake it for like an hour and a half covered with like almost two cups of olive oil with a bunch of spices and alliums and like you know basically onion garlic peppers you know all of this stuff and the mushrooms are in there too and then afterward you end up with this spicy oil that you can save and use for a couple weeks in other recipes oh hell yeah and so and that oil ends up like you can mix that up with mayo to make like a dipping sauce for French fries. And it's so good. Mm. Um, and you can just use it for like a recipe starter for other stuff. And it's so good. So that's my my endorse horse for that recipe. It's uh, one that I really like making. My mouth is watering. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. We will be right back with Wiki of the Week. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great, but have you considered something a little more unconventional? Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds? On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. I'm Jordan Cruciola, the host of Feeling Seen, where we talk about the movie characters that make us feel seen. And I'm the show's producer, Marissa. Jordan, you've interviewed so many directors, actors, writers, film critics, and I like to play this little game where I take a sip of coffee every time someone says... That's such a great question. That's such a fabulous question. Or they tell you how smart you are. I think that you are rather brilliant. And of course, the big one is when, when they, they cry, cry unexpectedly. unexpectedly. Yes, yes. Jordan, I don't want to cry on your podcast. I wasn't expecting to <laughs> cry. I mean, it makes me kind of want to cry. Ah. 
Feeling Seen comes out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Listen already. What are you waiting for? Jordan, that's such a great question. (laughs) Now it's time for Wiki of the Week. Wait, Lisa, who sent us this Wikipedia page? It is from Jamie C. Thank you, Jamie. Okay. Thank you, Jamie. It is the Wikipedia page for Avril Lavigne Replacement Conspiracy Theory. Hmm. (laughs) Sounds complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I like that this has a lock because it says that um, this article is semi-protected until July 8th, 2023 at 322 UTC. Why? I don't what know. What the hell does that mean? I've never It means seen the that talk before. maybe got kind of contentious on it. Well, I love that. That's very interesting to me. Um, um maybe Avril Lavigne's people were trying to like take it down or something. Yeah. Okay. The Avril Lavigne replacement conspiracy theory is a conspiracy theory stating that Canadian singer Avril Lavigne died in 2003 shortly after the release of her successful first album, Let Go, and was replaced by a body double named Melissa Vandella. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't realize that the body double was going to have a name. I don't know why I thought it was going to be like a clone or like, or just that they didn't know the name of the body double, but that they're like, that's so funny. This is so weird. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Evidence used to support the theory includes changes in Levine's appearance between 2003 and the present, (laughs) supposed subliminal messaging in her follow-up effort, Under My Skin, and a photo shoot in which Levine has the name Melissa written on her hand. Wow, her appearance changed since 2003? (laughs) What could be the reason for that? Since 2003, when she was 19 years old, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, uh, (laughs) we all look exactly the way we looked when we were 19. I mean, that's true of me. It's true of you, I think, you know. Absolutely. If you don't look the way you looked when you were 19, obviously, foul play. Obviously, you've died and been replaced. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The origins of the theory can be traced back to the 2011 Brazilian blog, Avril Esta Morta. Avril's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Which led to conversations on internet forums sharing supposed evidence of Levine's replacement. The theory gained more traction in May 2017 when a Twitter user posted a thread (coughs) recounting the theory. Levine herself has denied the theory on multiple occasions. (laughs) Well, I can't was it she, her? I, was she I the mean, one? Or was it was Melissa Vandella or whatever? That's exactly what a replacement would say. <laughs> so it really just confirms it. Why oh, would she ever comment God. on this? My God. Jesus. Yeah. Um, that makes no fucking sense. Um, origins. The origins of the replacement theory can be dated back to 2011 with a brilliant blo- Brazilian blog named Avril Morta, although some sources say that the rumor dates back as far as 2005. The theory alleges that the pressures of fame, combined with the death of Levine's grandfather, sent her into a deep depression after the release of her—and trigger warning here— 
release of her 2002 debut album, Let Go, and that the singer died by suicide shortly after. According to the conspiracy theory, a lookalike named Melissa was originally hired to distract paparazzi, protecting a reclusive Levine. It alleges that Levine befriended Melissa, that shortly before the singer's supposed death, her body double was taught how to sing and perform like the musician. That after Levine's death, her record company buried the news and replaced her with Melissa Vandela for a continued profit, and that Melissa recorded all of Levine's future work. Much of the evidence cited in support of the conspiracy theory is the purported appearance and disappearance of various moles and other skin blemishes in pictures of Levine over time, as well as a promotional photo shoot in which she has the name Melissa written on her hand. <laughs> why would she? Oh have, why gosh. would she have her name written on her hand? Why would the body double <laughs> write that? I'm sure they have an explanation. It's cry for help or something. Yeah. But also, I'm just like, I guess I'm a body double. I've had moles removed. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I've had moles removed. I've had new ones popping up. I've covered them up with makeup before. I look extremely different than I used to. Uh, this is... Also, famous people and pop stars do tend to get some work done from time yeah. to time. It's also like, I mean... I just <laughs> of all the people to create a conspiracy around them, like being like, how could it possibly be that important to fake that this person is alive? I know. <laughs> how could that possibly be worth the work it would take to keep that a secret? Yeah. And to have another person just truly disappear. Yeah. Like, wouldn't other people be looking for that person too? It it makes no fucking sense. Anyway, I, I'm just amazed by how good conspiracy theorists think people are at keeping secrets. I know. I'm just like, do you have you met people? Yeah. No one keeps a fucking secret. Like, <laughs> that's why it's always amazing when some scandal does come out. It's like, wait, what? How did nobody spill the beans on this one? Yeah. <sighs> I would like the moon landing. It's like the number of people who would have had to have known about that. I know. Would have had to keep that secret. It's just, it's impossible. Anyway. Someone would have spilled. Yeah. It's weird that this one is true, though. Okay. Yeah. The conspiracy <laughs> theory. Um, the conspiracy theory soon gained traction on internet forums such as ATRL and Godlike Productions, where self-proclaimed Avril Rangers shared evidence. One ATRL, and what is ATRL? It's It's just an internet forum that discusses pop culture. Okay. One ATRL post in 2012 suggested that the original Avril may actually be alive, using a picture of what appeared to be the singer buying cheese at a time when new Avril was supposedly battling Lyme disease. In addition to the changes in her appearance, the, the theory alleges that the title and artwork for Avril's second album, Under My Skin, mm. as well as the lyrics of songs like My Happy Ending, Together and the Best Years of Our Lives by Evan Tobenfeld are subliminal messaging. The original blog further suggests that Melissa feels guilty over, quote, participating in this farce, leading to the subliminal messaging. Mm. Okay, getting convinced. Um, yep. Rise in popularity. The theory began to gain traction in the U.S. in October 2015 when BuzzFeed reporter Ryan Broderick tweeted about Avril Estamorta. In a BuzzFeed post, Broderick cleared up his tweet on the matter, mentioning that the opening line of the original blog post admits the theory is a hoax and that this blog was created to show how conspiracy theories can look true. Huh. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
That's interesting. So the original blog post was a joke. Yeah. That's fascinating. Okay. Oh, people really are not in control of what happens to the things they make. Yeah, okay. so his, his article on BuzzFeed was titled, Here's How I Accidentally Made an Old Avril Lavigne Death Hoax Go Viral. Oh, wow. Oops. And that's also sort of like the origins of the, like, birds aren't real thing. Oh, God, like, yeah. That was a joke, and now there's a bunch of fucking idiots who actually believe that. That was so it's, dumb. So stupid. Okay. The death hoax saw increased prevalence in May 2017 when a high school student posted a Twitter thread alleging that Levine had died and been replaced in late 2003. The thread, which was retweeted a quarter of a million times, cited discrepancies in the singer's face, fashion style, and handwriting as evidence of her death and replacement. The Twitter thread largely corresponds with the earlier Avrilista Morta conspiracy, with one major difference. This time, Under My Skin was created using pre-existing recordings of of the real Levine. Whoa. This is going to intensify when AI is used more often to mimic singers. Yeah. Um, the Twitter thread inspired an internet meme in which users would say that a celebrity or fictional character died and was replaced, showing two pictures of the figure in question and titling it a conspiracy theory thread. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. That's all good fun. Um. <laughs> Response. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, okay, response. The first time Levine was asked about the rumors was in 2014 during an interview for the Brazilian TV show Panico na Band during the Avril Levine tour. Levine was asked if she had heard about online rumors claiming she, quote, had died and was replaced by a clone, to which she replied by saying that the first time she was hearing about it was in this interview and later added, well, I'm here and I'm here in Brazil, <laughs> which... Definitely sounds like a fucking clone talking. Yeah, that does to me. actually. <laughs> In a video of the interview uploaded to the official YouTube channel of the TV show, it's possible to see images of the blog page Avril Estamorta responsible for starting the rumors. After the theory resurfaced globally in 2017, Levine addressed the rumors in a November 2017 Facebook livestream Q&A when a fan asked whether she was dead, to which Levine responded, no, I'm not dead. I'm here. <laughs> oh, my God. She went on to say that the theory was spawned because people are just bored and need something to talk about. True. Wow. Uh, the question was broached again in a November 2018 interview, God, leave her alone, with Australia's KISS 106.5. <laughs> when asked about the theory, the singer responded, some people think that I'm not the real me, which is so weird. Like, why would they even think that? Radio hosts <laughs> Kyle and Jackie O said that Levine never actually flat out denied that she had been replaced <laughs> and suggested that technological difficulties during the interview were a suspicious coincidence. Oh, oh my, my God. God. <laughs> In a 2019 interview with Entertainment Weekly, Levine addressed the theory directly, calling it a dumb internet rumor and saying that she was flabbergasted that people bought into it. I can't imagine oh her using God. the word flabbergasted for some reason. Um, <laughs> Levine yeah, addressed I also, if I'm honest, can't really picture her saying anything because I don't know if I've ever heard her talk. Yeah. She's uh, not the most interesting speaker, I'd say. Um, <laughs> sorry if you're a fan. Um <laughs> 
Levine addressed the rumor once again in 2022 interview for Galore magazine stating, so it's funny because everyone says I look the same, but then there's that. That doesn't make any sense. Also, how random when people bring it up and it's been brought up to me for like years that there's this conspiracy theory that I'm not me or something. I'm a clone. How did something like that get so, I don't know. It's just the weirdest rumor. (laughs) Oh, it feels like she's trying really hard to avoid saying the word complicated. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, honey. (laughs) Why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? Acting like I'm somebody else makes me frustrated. <laughs> Which is that your favorite uh, Avril Lavigne song? I like Skater Boy, I think. Uh, I don't know if I think those are the only two songs. Yeah, those are the only two. It's yeah. Either one or the other. One's your fave and one's your least fave. And there's no others. <laughs> Uh, okay, in 2013, a separate death hoax alleged that Levine died in a snowboarding accident at Whistler Blackcomb Ski Resort. He's the creator dying. Of the, she just can't I mean, stop dying. She can't stop. The creator of the same Brazilian blog that originated the Avril Estab Morta conspiracy had apologized and changed the whole blog post to state that Avril has never died and that the blog was a way of showing how conspiracy theories may seem true. That's so interesting. It, people really... They take their first impression of something and just run with it. And then anything that contradicts that, even if it's the original person who like disseminated that info, they they just tune just it out. Like, no, yeah. no, no. It's so um, weird. People do that. Um, it's very, very weird. And yeah, this is, see also, Paul is dead. Similar theory involving Paul McCartney, of course. Uh, I used to be obsessed with Paul McCartney, so I like read really deep into that stuff and oh yeah it's just so strange it was so weird i'm like it's what was like why did people start saying that um there was this whole thing where if you played one of their records backwards it sounded like they were saying paul is dead uh yeah it was like revolution number nine um oh yeah it it had a message interpreted as turn me on dead man which seems pretty vague um yeah i don't know it's it's kind of the same reason is this it's the same thing where people just like had an idea and then ran with it yeah and it would be exciting if it was true yeah they thought he was dead because he didn't wear shoes on the cover of abbey road which is very stupid oh yeah and that's like a a symbol a symbol of like you being ready to pass into the afterlife or something in some that is very silly um i took a class about the beatles in college and one of the things that we learned in the class was that like Basically, John Lennon found out that there was a college course where students were um, dissecting the lyrics of Beatles songs. Was it like I'm the Walrus or something where he was just like, let's make something fucking weird. Try try to dissect this motherfuckers. I'm the Eggman. Yes. And so, yeah, he started (laughs) trying to write songs particularly to um confuse them yes i find that song annoying because it's very much like weird (laughs) random (laughs) yeah (laughs) this is lol john lennon's lol random phase (laughs) yes uh i think it was on the song glass onion oh yeah look in glass onion oh no that was that's from a different um But on the song Glass Onion, he says, and hey, by the way, the walrus was Paul. Yeah. um, As a a reference to I am the walrus. Um, Oh, yeah. I told you about strawberry fields. 
You know the place yeah. where nothing is real. No yeah. place you can go where everything flows. It's kind of a jam. <laughs> <laughs> I like this one. <laughs> Looking through the bed back tulips. Yeah, that's yeah, a good one. It was, he, Lennon wrote I Am the Walrus to confuse those who tried to interpret it. Um, there have nevertheless been many attempts to understand the meaning of the lyrics. <laughs> Am I going to go listen to some Beatles later today? I have this like latent Beatles fan buried within me that can be awakened at any time. Were you a Beatles fan as a kid? Yes. Um, Well, and then I didn't quite, you know, I listened to like the kid Beatles songs, like Octopus Garden and stuff and all the hits. And then my brother sat me down when I was a bit older. I think I was like 13 and made me listen to the White Album from start to finish. And I was like, whoa. And I had like an awakening. Like it was just like. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because it was. I thought so you were going to say your brother sat you down to be like, Lisa, the Beatles, Beatles aren't. <laughs> the Beatles are not good. <laughs> no, he was like, listen to this. This album's fucking weird as fuck. I bet you didn't know the Beatles were this weird. And I was like, oh my god, this is so great. And then I was like obsessed with Paul. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I guess Paul was maybe my favorite too. I don't know. I, also just I think re- I relate, I relate to Paul to him. more as an adult. I relate to him because he was like the most like anal one in a way or like he was a little bit like, come on guys, we got to get this he shit done. He was the one like, who was like, you guys are late. Yeah. Like, he was the one waiting at the restaurant when the reservation was. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, we're both involved. And John was the one who was texting saying like, I'm on my way when he was still like I about know. to get in the shower. And he wasn't on his way. He wasn't on his way at all. <sighs> And then Ringo is just like around hanging. <laughs> and then George had kind of like had bad vibes, I think. I know that's like a people love George, but I think he was a bit of like a curmudgeon. And I'm not into and, that. And his whole sort of like, you know, Hare Krishna thing was a little intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys had some problems. Yeah, they weren't perfect. It turns out. I also like breaking Paul. news. Big news. I also like Paul because he's a horse boy. Oh, okay. Yeah. He loves horses. What's his like horse history? He loves Appaloosas, weirdly. Oh. It's like a weird choice. <laughs> Is that what would you expect him to like more? Um, I don't know, like maybe some kind of more British y breed. Appaloosas are very like it's very Americana, which I actually I get that. Some British people are into mm. that. They're like, I'm a cowboy. Um and <laughs> Appaloosas can kind of be like stubborn little shitheads. I mean, that's why I like them. Yeah. They're like a little pugnacious. I like it. But I don't know. It's just an interesting choice. Him and Linda had Appaloosas and they'd ride them around. Cool. R.I.P. Linda McCartney. Um. All right. Well. I didn't expect to go conclude? on that <laughs> journey. <Yeah>. Sorry. <laughs> I just went into a fugue state. <laughs> uh, Beatles. Who are we talking about? Ah, uh, yes. I think Avril. that's fair. I think that's perfectly fair. Uh, also under C, also on the Avril Levine conspiracy page is Melania Trump replacement conspiracy theory, which. Which is also true. True. 100% yeah. true. Proven. Um, yeah. Uh, very. Very fascinating. And also, where is Melania now? Has she made a public appearance in a really long time? No, she's I think no, she's and like, just no one. No one cares. I think she's like, fuck all this. Fuck all of you. Yeah. Are they just not? Get, she's probably so mad that he's running again. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> something I try actively to not think about ever. <laughs> uh, sorry to bring it up. 
Um, okay. Uh, that concludes Wiki of the Week. It's time now for What Did I Learn? What did I learn? Lisa, what did you learn today? I learned Kristen Nakuna might get another boat. Yeah, and we're all hoping they do. I hope it's a fast one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I learned um, that Avril Lavigne has put out more than one album. <laughs> I think her, her, or has she? <laughs> I think her albums are or Melissa's albums are very yeah. popular translated. So like there's like a Chinese version and a Japanese version and a Oh, does she German sing version. them in the different languages? I think so. I think I think she perhaps sings them wow. phonetically. I don't know. Um I have not. I heard this and then I didn't look into it to, at all. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, <sighs> I have a couple more things here. Yeah. I have a bad store name that Adam saw Ooh. when we were driving around. Um, and the bad store name is Moy Yum. Moy Yum? <laughs> Moy Yum. And it, it's bad because it has no constant. It doesn't have any hard consonants so it's just kind of hard to say um it's what's the what cuisine is it mexican i think okay so, so, so moy, it's not like moy is spanish and then like just, very yum and then yum but it almost sounds like it could be like an asian cuisine like so that's yeah sort of unclear and then uh, but they just like it because it's a palindrome yeah and yeah I, but it does not it does not roll off the tongue at all no it kind of it it sticks in the glots yum and it's yeah, it's gross, and the word yum is kind of gross. Yeah, yum is pretty gross. So I don't like it. Um, yeah. And then we just got a really good sleep talking story. Uh, oh yeah, I like this one. It's it's brief. Um, <laughs> Hi, you are both treasures to this earth. I like that opener. Um, when I was a little <laughs> kid, I was sleeping on the floor in my living room during a sleepover with three of my cousins, and one of my cousins sat up and said, "I want teacher's soggy oggy cornflakes." <laughs> <laughs> let me get those soggy oggies <laughs> and i can't tell if that's a typo or not or if they said if they meant soggy soggy or if they oh God, actually I, meant soggy oggy i hope not i hope they meant soggy oggy i hope they meant soggy oggy i'm please don't correct us <laughs> i um i really hate when singers and songs say sticky icky yeah um I love, I really love Janelle Monet and her new song is like very horny and that's fun, but she says the sticky icky in it and ugh, I hate that so much. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's too evocative. Yeah. I'm a prude about it. I am. It makes me prudish, um, but yeah. soggy oggy. <laughs> really soggy oggy, I'm fine with. I'm fine with it. <laughs> it's just evocative enough. Yeah. Um, you can send us funny store names, sleep talking stories, um, and more. And more. To baby geniuses podcast at gmail.com. Do not send us greetings of the day and news about the SEO of our website that we do not have. Don't care. Don't want it. <laughs> um, um, I guess that's it. That's it. You can follow me online. I'm at Mr. Emily Heller. I'm on Instagram at Lisa Draws and Patreon at Lisa Hanawalt. And, and oh wait, wait, wait. Thanks. Oh, wait. Thanks to our producer, Rob Para. 
Yay, yes. And thanks to my brother, Nate Heller, for our theme songs. Yay! Yay! Goodbye! MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.